Welcome to the Trash Cats Trash Cast. I'm Richard. I'm Steven. Today we are the calm before the storm. <laughs> Resting and doing psychedelics before we go into battle. Yeah, we're next week is the official announcement of our declaration of war with another podcast. Uh, I'm going to tell you, man, I wrote a scathing introduction to this. Oh, beautiful. Good. It's, br- it's brutal to the point <laughs> where I feel the need to check in with you to see if you're okay. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> but yeah, we're just kind of chilling this week. Uh, both have had a lot going on. And then next week, the fun begins. So just... This is the calm, the calm before the storm. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it's the calm before the storm in my in my physical, actual life as well. Um, next week, next week's going to be wild. I'm going to be exhausted. Oh, maybe not by Wednesday. I won't be. By the end of next week, I'm going to be fucking exhausted. So we have just the curious, last- are, are you doing some like inward psychedelic mapping of the landscape right now or what? Uh, kinda, yeah. It's, um, we have the last big week of food truck season, and it's, like, this week is, has been chill. It's, you know, this weekend's gonna be fine. Next week is gonna be, uh, fucking bonkers. So, we will, uh, we'll do what we can. Well, okay, well, we've both been around the block before. How, how much, how much do you really think... Like, psychedelic venturing is valid. There are things to learn through that lens, but they're also so overhyped. And it's not that I think you do it a couple times and figure it all out, but I don't think there's only so many times dipping in to the spirit world that I think you find new things. Do you feel like there's much left to find through that particular lens? And I'm going to preface. <laughs> Please do. I'm feeling really cagey. Okay. I I think I'm I've been so cynical lately. And I, I mean I I, I, I let me I, I got to ask a question because I I, I want to try to understand your question better. When you say through like the the spirit did you say the spiritual or the psychic realm what what, what did you call it yeah I was kind of either one works yeah I'm being goofy <laughs> um, like I feel like there's things to learn about yourself through psychic adventures but it's also way overhyped like the person that does yeah. acid five days a week is, is probably learning less than the person that does it once a year or whatever yeah um. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I'd like to do mushrooms again at some point, but otherwise, I'm not. I'm not actually. Um, I I was trying to build my tolerance to some weed, and uh, I realized that that was affecting my sleep schedule and it was fucking with my ability to do the work that I needed to do. So I have to hold off on that for a little bit. But as far as like introspection goes, I think looking into that to grow, I don't think. I would gain. I'm not looking for that, I guess. Okay, well, let's nix the question. Are you finding, in general, any introspection lately? Oh, that's most of what I've been doing lately. Um, Most of it is figuring out, like, I've had some weird, bad anxiety this week. uh, And I think it's mostly just because I'm 
like senioritis shit. Like I'm ready to be done for the season, but there's still several big hurdles to go through. And then once we get there, I'll be fine. But I, so I was just talking about, we, we talked about this before, but my, it's easier for me to plan on plan for the worst, not just prepare for the worst and hope for the best, but like plan for it to suck and embrace the suck. And then once I know, like when, when we get there, if it doesn't suck as bad as I thought, then that's great. But otherwise then I'm prepared for it and I'm ready. If I, if I just, if I think positively and go, "Mm, you know, we'll be fine. We'll get through it. It'll be cool. Sometimes that's not the best route for me. I have something that kind of dovetails in, in with this. I, I had some thoughts this week about imagination. Oh, do tell. And um, we, we maybe we can go into it more in a bit, but part the part that kind of ties in with what you were saying, I was looking up papers about the psychology of imagination, and one person was writing about how anxiety in particular, some depression stuff, but anxiety specifically is really tied in with imagination because to have anxiety means you also have to be able to imagine all the alternative mm-hmm. possible future worlds. And we, we've we talked about it before. Maybe we can play with imagination stuff more late, later, but we, we've talked about anxiety, depression, shit, whatever. I'm curious what you'll think of this. Out of any of the like mental mood disorder afflictions, mm-hmm. anxiety is probably the one I have the least amount of empathy for. I'm not, mm-hmm. and I'm not being like judgmental, but that, yeah. that's like how I feel about it, though. Um, I, I mean, I can kind of see that. Um, I think there's a certain amount of. Do you do you feel that way because of like it's it's like user brought on? Like how do you mean? I know everyone goes through it to different degrees and it's one of those things like I can't quantify, it, but I was diagnosed with anxiety disorders and it was like a huge part of my life and I know other people can get it way worse. Mm-hmm. And that you know, one person changing that doesn't mean other people necessarily have that same amount of control with that specific thing right yeah. so I, I totally get that i'm i have tons of friends that are little anxious cats right mm-hmm. but i do think compared to things like depression or like uh, uh other different things i feel like anxiety is something you have slight a slight bit more autonomy to work through where I can see that it almost this, feels like the this this is like my gut reaction, not how I I truly feel, but it almost feels like the pussy version of despair. Does that make sense? <laughs> like I don't think uh, that, but there's like a feeling of like at least anxiety we have some control over. Um, I mean not not necessarily in the moment. I think sometimes True. when it when it comes on, it's it's the thing that makes it suck is that it it's overwhelming. Yeah. Um, 
I I don't really I wouldn't say that I struggle with anxiety. That's not something that I would claim in a general term. I have anxiety when the first time I ever had I guess what would, you know, looking back at it would be an anxiety attack was like when I was in a grocery store and there were just too many people and every time I tried to like turn somewhere or stop somewhere i felt like i was in someone's way or someone else is trying to move and like if i'm i'm holding up shit and then everyone else is like in the way so i can't move and it felt like a loss of control and that kind of spiraled in a way that i had never experienced before um can i push since i'm feeling cagey (laughs) sure all right i i've had like very serious anxiety like wake up throw up go to the hospital thinking to have a heart attack, like lots and lots of anxiety attacks. Mm-hmm. When I think of someone who in general, such as yourself, very stoic-y, very, I think in general, you have way better thought control than mm-hmm. I do. Why? I'm just trying to get your perspective. Why would it feel like anxiety would be a challenge now when you in general manage it well? Or like um, what makes so, it overwhelming? So what it, like in this case for like this past week while I've, while I've been having it, um, it's just a buildup of stress. We had talked a little bit at the beginning of the summer. I, I was talking to a coworker about it and I kind of laid it out how the way I see it, the way I view it in my head, like stress and anxiety levels. And what, what I kind of view it as is like a hundred point scale. And then like, you might have things that like, you, you know, I look at like 30, 35 as like a healthy, you know, you have, you have your baseline stress, stress that gives you, uh, the empathy that you need to like Wasn't get through the day. Anything stress? lower than, yeah, it's mostly you stress. It's good stuff. And then as you get a little bit higher, like then you're outside of your comfort zone, but you can grow there and it's not like it's a bad thing, but you don't want to like stay there all the time. Um, but as you like go through a stressful period of time, you know, over months or whatever, you you experience stress in a way that like I I you know, um compare it to like a drug. Like you take it and you you your stress goes up and then you come down, but you don't come all the way back down to your starting point until you like fully rest and like recuperate. Um, you don't come all the way back down. So if you do that you keep coming up and down and up and down and you get used to like the higher levels of like that's your norm and like the higher levels of stress that you can like okay i can rock with this now i'm like i'm at 70 out of 100 and i can rock this right now but like that's when you you know you got a lot of plates spinning and some of them are looking like they're gonna fall um so i mean like by the end of the summer with this kind of gig like that's where i'm at Mm -hmm. so it's, it's, I'm like, right. I'm, I'm probably, I would argue I'm, if I'm putting it on a scale of one to a hundred, I'm in the 85, 80 to 85 range where I did feel like I, I thought for a second I was having a heart attack earlier this week where it was just like, I felt my chest kind of pounding out, my heart pounding out of my chest a little bit and I couldn't stand still. And I just felt like I had to keep going outside for air. Mm-hmm. And I realized that I was like, it's mostly in my head. And I kind of just, I sat down and I breathed it out for a minute and I was cool. And I think that 
introspection, that understanding your own thoughts thing is that plays into it in a big way because you can, it doesn't make it go away entirely, but understanding what the problem is helps you from spiraling further. Because when you have that kind of thing, when you start to think like, oh, am I having a heart attack? Am I going to die right now? Like that makes it worse. So I think having that thought control plays into that, but I don't think it makes it, I guess, better. I guess it kind of makes it better, but it doesn't make it stop or go away. Yeah. No, I, I know what you mean. Like when, when it's actually happening, it is overwhelming. But and it, and you can't prevent it, you know, like you can, though, like long term, it is it, perspective based, like it is based off your core being like, I feel like when I guess it, I can, I can, you can prevent it if you set boundaries better. And I don't do that. <laughs> I think if I were to, if I were to take some better long rests earlier in the season and kind of, you know, manage that a little bit better, that's possible. But, but I think it's okay. Like did, uh, here, here's where I'm two minds about it. You could completely change your core being. Like for me, I'm able to mitigate, um, like panic, a lot more than I used to, mm-hmm. because I'm, and it may not be healthy or good, but I have fully embraced my lack of belief or um, embraced my apathy. Where, like, the times I do get, like, start to feel that the rabbit's feet dancing on your heart, that little panic, mm-hmm. it, it's really easy for me to shut it off because I, I just don't care. And I, I don't necessarily think that's mm-hmm. healthy, but I feel like it's an example of a way, if you were to re-Tetris arrange your, your core, those experiences like you could cut off that part of yourself Uh, for, I think there's good and bad ways to do it. I'm not like saying I have anything like figured out well, Um, but then I also, I also feel like it's, it's such a go-to to to make fun of um, like older men who have the midlife or late life crisis shit. Yeah. Yeah. And there's an element of, isn't that something that's actually really good? Like, don't we want people to have, not often, not regular where it's always bad, but don't we want to have a certain limited amount of panic attacks? Because that's that's when you reconfigure. That's like when you are looking at your choices or figuring out change. It's when the old dudes figure out what actually makes them happy. And if they don't figure it out, then they end up killing themselves in the next five years. Like it, it's that part that forces, it's like a little mirror that pops yeah. up in front of you and it, it doesn't go away till you get your heartbeat to go down. Yeah. I mean, ideally there'd be a better way, but I'm, yeah. I'm definitely of the camp that people who are, people who have a, um, I mean, any kind of mental illness, but like some kind of mental health issues, they're typically, a, a, in my experience, seem to be a stronger, more fortified individual of like, because they've experienced, they've, they've experienced things inside of themselves that other people have not. And 
like we all deal with mostly the same shit on a regular basis, but someone who understands depression and it might just be like, because I'm able to relate to them more, Mm -hmm. but someone who understands like what depression is and like actually is. And like someone who understands what anxiety really feels like, like those people, you could argue that they're operating that they could be operating at a handicap, but I feel like in a general sense, those opportunities where they have gone through that and then come out the other side could have made them stronger. Here, Here's the debate. This has been a conversation in one of the communities I've, I fuck with online. The idea trauma makes you stronger. So are things such as, severe depression suicide rape are ultimately the people that survive it tend to think of those things as the thing that made them stronger like every crazy successful person with a troubled past is like this is what made me who i am or whatever and the debate was about are, are there ways to implement pain or struggle with intention to make you stronger. There definitely are. And then you get other people like the Goggins, the Rogans, all those goofs that do something hard every day. They like that type mm-hmm, of mm-hmm. bullshit. But get up and make your bed every day. It's hard and you'll cry about it and then you'll be stronger for it. <laughs> I, I think it's a mix because if you take the person that has, you know, three mental illnesses and their meds can never get stabilized and they're fucked all the time. That person might never benefit from that. It yeah. It's almost, it depends on how it works out. If it actually gives you something to be stronger or not. And I think this, it's the same thing with, with empathy. People that go through a lot tend to be the most empathetic, but there's always the people that went through a ton like as a child or whatever, and then they come out cold and callous to shit. They're bitter, and they think because other people didn't go through what they went through, like they don't deserve empathy or whatever. It's a real mix. Like I think mm-hmm. it's a it's an opportunity for individuals and to it, it, respond. I think I think there's definitely some of that. I think it's especially when you get into the areas of like grief or trauma. It gets a little bit more difficult where you're talking about like, you know, people who have survived violent acts or, you know, rape or something like that. It's like in, in, you know, you have these testimonies of people that are like this event looking back like this event. Obviously, it was terrible, but it made me stronger. It made me the person I am today. You know, this this incident made me the person I am today. But it's it, it obviously doesn't shake out that way for everybody. So that's one of those like you like if that was the case where like trauma obviously where trauma makes you a stronger person than like then beating your beating and abusing your children would be a on the rego because people are like like I gotta make them strong I gotta you know and I guess that is the argument for some people that beat their kids it's like I gotta make them ready for the world <laughs> but, hey, my boy Sue so he get tough yeah yeah exactly it's some bullshit like that you know but like obviously that, that doesn't work that way it's like <laughs> most of the time right yeah, yeah exactly you can't you can't force that that um, growth you can't force that kind of uh, reaction out of that I um, I kind of. 
I think sometimes you in particular, but definitely general people in my life tend to think, I think maybe I'm stronger than I am. And I think it's because I really, I truly feel so much more grief than I I can express to other people. And I was trying to, where that that can dominate everything. So Mm -hmm. it, it almost makes it easy be strong in some backward sense. I was trying to think there's um I don't want to say who it is, but I was writing uh this person trying to have a back and forth and uh, I was trying the their understanding of mental illness or whatever was really good from an academic sense, mm-hmm. but terrible on a like real world understanding. And I was trying to think there, there were two things I was trying to, I was trying to express what those things are actually like. And it's, it's just impossible to write like it, it, or it's hard to write without just sounding like crazy or like a mess. Like you, it, it, Mm -hmm. it's hard to give off the right, vibe to be like someone who doesn't understand and then be like well imagine for 10 years straight you you know destroy yourself on purpose or like think about leaving every fucking day or like to try to explain that someone doesn't understand it's just impossible yeah and then the other thing that came up separate conversation uh i thought you would think this is interesting it was actually a a conversation. I, I wish I knew how to plug his uh, current Instagram, or whatever. Um, Ragged Raven Forge, our nice yeah. forger friend. He sent us a couple of nice messages, and um, we were talking about Buddhism. And the conversation, um, I I hit a weird point because <clears throat> he was telling me what some things he believed. And it felt really weird in a conversation to reply back, I don't believe in anything. And it wasn't like someone's explaining a world belief they have, right? And just to be like, hey, I try to believe in myself, but I actually believe in nothing. Like feels so hollow. Like Mm -hmm. to not actually believe in anything is really fucking hard. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that one's... uh... That one gets lost on me. Because even like the um, believing in a god, even if the god's just something bigger than yourself, whether it's other people or institutions, whatever, like... Fucking yourself. (laughs) Yeah, like just to be like, nope, it's just my fragile bones and slowly dying skin. Like that, that's it. That's that's all there is to rock with, and now that sounds bleak to me. I mean, I, I can I can absolutely see where it can bring someone comfort. It's powerful in the same, too. Yeah, in the same way that like the dirt ball thing does for me, but yeah, that that's like the next step, I guess. I mean, that's how that's how I feel. Where where to me, it feels sad. Like mm-hmm. it feels sad, but honest, and it sucks because I feel like everyone else is. Uh, either 
whether they're happy or not is whatever, but they're confident and lying. Yeah. That bothers me a lot. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's, uh, I don't know. It's, it's a hard headspace to put yourself into because at the end of the day, like I, I do consider myself to be an optimist, but I, I don't know. I have, I'm skeptical, but even so there's a lot that I put, I'm willing to put faith into. Like, obviously I I don't have enough. I, I don't share it with gods or anything like that, but the, I don't know, just ideas and people around me. I feel like I, you have having a, you know, a belief in something, having, you know, a, a faith in the, you know, something around you has, it keeps you grounded. At least for me, I feel like it does. So to not have that, to, or, or even to choose to not have that, to strive to not have that is, wild to me so i recently talked a little bit about it previously i recently within like a two-week span i had um three separate people that independently i'd probably spent hundreds of hours with each one of these people right Mm -hmm. and for various reasons haven't seen them in years and years right Mm-hmm. And I think they wanted to reconnect or enter lives again, to re-intersect. And um, I, I chose not to, right? Yeah. And it's not that I don't want to, but my – it's funny. When we talk about, like, if people will survive, like, the if the um, – the planet, nuclear war, uh, meteoroid, whatever the fuck. Mm-hmm. Uh, at times, you're not always like fully optimistic on us surviving no matter what. And I tend to, like, I don't believe in people, but I, I believe we're survivors. Like, I believe someone will figure it out, but I don't. I feel like you love people till they die, you die, or they betray you. And that's just, and I don't even think it's necessarily that person's fault, but it's just, it's just the nature of how we are, Mm -hmm. where I used to like really uh, feel that grudge or whatever, but I I just think that's I, I like it, it. It's the vegan argument where my conclusion goes back to I think it is fully immoral to eat tiny animals, but I don't think we're moral people. Yeah, and I I don't feel uh as disappointed by that, but I I just don't. I just don't believe in people or things or even ideas. I like playing with them. Like on the podcast, it's really fun to talk about obscure ideas, like a a collected consciousness simulation, like whatever 
uh, philosophy, psychology, bullshit, but n- none of it matters for sure. Yeah. I, I definitely feel a general, like a sweeping um, lack of faith in most people. Um, more and more as I get older, I feel that to be true. But what I found in that is that the few people that make you question those feelings, the few people that do give you, you know, a sense of like hope that like, oh, this person is like good and like this person is, you know, actively seeking to, you know, be reliable and be there for me and wants to, you know, love me or, you know, be friends with me, whatever Mm -hmm. they, those people, when they do come across, they, it's more impactful and it's not that it's, it's not that I find that less as I get older If anything. I feel like I find it somewhat more, (laughs) but I feel like it's still like I I have as a general feeling, you know, I have a lot of contempt for people as a whole, but I don't know. It's the the few people that that stick out, the the outliers in the group make it I guess harder to feel like it's, you know, Harder to feel like the way you feel, I guess. I feel that with the close people. Like I recently yeah. uh, was think I was in the woods, kind of thinking about that, and um, I was thinking more and more like the the people I chose not to reconnect with. I it honestly makes me sad because I would way ma- rather have like picked up the phone and hung out. Right, like that. Yeah, that feels way better. But I've also learned, like, it, with people or the specific people, that it, it's just gonna hurt me more later, where it's not worth mm-hmm. it. Like, if it was one of the close people, the outliers, then there's no reason all the time would have passed. And I, I really really stand by that that the if if it's one of the really close people and the time passes something's wrong and it almost seems like to to get there to have that kind of uh like if it if it fades away on its own was it ever fully strong to begin with exactly Rather than like with the people that you hold close, if if that detachment happens, usually there is a something that happened that sparks that, and and you and you know about it. It's not like it's you know suddenly it's gone. It's like it's you you feel it whether it's an argument or a you know something. There's something that happens that. Um, a catalyst, if you will, that makes that happen. I think, and and I, I feel that way sometimes too, but then I also look at like friendships that I have, like, like with David. And it's like, if I, I probably hear from David, like 
twice a year. And that's a, you know, it's a two way street. Like I don't reach out as much as I want to. And he doesn't reach out as much as he wants to. And I get it. Like life happens. It goes by. But the, the difference is that we are able to pick that up when we do see each other and it doesn't feel like time has passed. Um, I would argue those, those are a special type of friendship. Yeah. That's, that's like a way, serious but... outlier to what I'm saying, where there's other things that like, like people I'm like all coworkers is that, a big one though. I I feel like to me those that type of connection feels like a burden. Mm. Like I I don't I'm not talking about I'm in general. This is for me. yeah. Uh, I don't like having those open ended connections floating out there like it it feels more painful than it not having existed i don't i don't want people having access to a version of me that they think they know Mm -hmm. without having the time or energy to know who i am now does that make any does that it it absolutely does, especially because I know you. Um, I mean, even in our friendship, like you were always the one to be the reach out first, and and it's not ever that I wasn't like, you know, thinking about you or down to talk to you. It's just you know, I'm I am that way with basically everybody. If it's you know, it's like a out of sight, out of mind thing. I have my own shit going on, and that's. I'm just not good at keeping in touch with people. And I feel, I do feel some guilt about that with, with people, but it's, I feel like, you know, it's not something that I hide or anything. Like we discuss it, like, and it's with the people that it matters with, like it's understood, like they're, it's the same way. It's a two way street, but you are always the one to reach out and like, you know, at least once a week, twice a week, whatever, you know, every two weeks or so, like I would hear, I get a text message from you or something. And like, that's rad. I don't have the discipline for that. Maybe is what it is. I don't know, but that does explain why. I mean, I don't know. I guess you feeling that way explains why you're the one to reach out more. Well, it, I feel like I'm contradicting myself because I, um, I, I, I feel like that's like all that matters. Like whether it's like sitting and talking to a person or like just fucking your partner or just like hanging out, watching, like I care about those things way more than like jobs (laughs) or or security yeah. and it i especially when i was younger i was so, always so bitter felt like no one else care cares the same way and mm-hmm. i think so as getting older i feel a real duality of not believing in ideas people the world and also just wanting close connections with people because Mm -hmm. 
I think like real world adult existence is not really compatible for those two things to meet easily mm-hmm. or or to have those things simultaneously. Yeah. I mean, I I feel like there's there's I don't know, the the wanting the people wanting to have, you know, the close the close circle, the close people around you. I mean, that's really it's really what you need the most. That's like the that's the biggest security net. You can have a, you know, a widespread network of people, but those people aren't going to stick their neck out for you. Those people are not going to be there the same way that that close group of people is. So you can get by without having that wider network of people. Mm-hmm. So long as you have, you know, a couple good people in your, you know, in your court. I agree, but it's like, why, why go to a job every day instead of being with people we care about? Mm -hmm. That's where, like, to me, I know that's like, it's so immature, but for me, that is like, it's a real brain breaker. It's a real Uno reverse card for (laughs) my faith in humanity, because we're all animals doing our little hunger game shit, but I don't know. It's just, I mean, it's just that's so why, boring. Everything's so boring and sad. <laughs> I mean, that's why we have, you know, and I'm sure not everyone does, but especially in the food industry, you see like a lot of people, like the people that you work with become you know, it's always the joke is like, we're like a family here, yeah. but they, they do become like your family because you, you see them more often than you see your family. You see them all the time. And most of the time you're in a situation where like you don't fucking like any of these people and you'll find like one person that gets you. Yeah. And, you always have and, to have one close work friend. Yeah. And that's another one that I feel like I'm spoiled with, with my current gig is like, I do feel to be good friends with most of my coworkers where it's like, I, we do hang out sometimes outside of work. We do, you know, talk about our personal lives and shit. And it's like, in a in a way that I, you know, I've had close, you know, friends with work before, but I feel like in those circumstances, those close friends, there's only one, there's like two people out of the entire time that I've worked in kitchens where I would, I could text one of them today and be like, hey, what's up? How you been? And it would be cool. It wouldn't be weird and awkward where like most of them, it would feel, I don't know. I, I don't even think about most other people I've worked with. There's, there's, you know, but we got along super well and they were like, you know, they were best friends at work. And then. I leave or one of us leaves and it's like, cool, I'll never fucking talk to you ever again. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but where, you know, the coworkers I'm with now, it's like, I don't know. I, I picture a situation where one of them leaves and it's like, I would still want to reach out and check in on them and like talk to them. So that's another one where I am, I recognize that I'm spoiled by that, where I do have the people that I would consider to be in my close circle are 
like m- several of them are coworkers. That makes the day-to-day life a lot better. Oh my god, it does. I just I sent out a thing to my coworkers today um and it was something along the lines of um we're planning, you know, some end of season parties and stuff and but we were just talking about the you know how, how well the summer went and you know, I typed out a little thing that's like, you know, I've worked in food service a long time and it's really cool to work alongside of you guys. Like my boss and I talk about all the time how lucky we are to have gotten the people that we did and have met you and worked with you. And like, it's, it's awesome for the business and it's awesome for us because I don't dread going to work all the time now. Like the significant life difference that that's made for me is just astronomical. I mean, obviously I still have, you know, stress through it. It's still work, but it's, let me, let me spin this into imagination stuff and we can kind of revisit anxiety. Think of thought experiment. Think of how many stories you've heard in your life. Mm -hmm. Like every TV show since you were a kid, every movie, Every podcast, maybe. So are we including conversations of people telling me about their crazy weekends and crazy neighbors? Absolutely. Every piece of art that told a story. Like, it's, you know, since cave painting, it's the... That's all we have. That's all it is. Yeah, it's just, you know, we tell ourselves our self-narrative a hundred times a day. It's all storytelling stuff. So I feel like anxiety we have a bit more control because it all ties into storytelling and depression is similar in that but there's something about okay here here's here's what i've been thinking about is there's something about imagination that is the root the the deficiency of imagination is the mm-hmm. root of all evils of religion and politics and just shitty people as simple as i think a remedy to some extent these are just abstract ideas that i feel like as a kid if that person you have the squeakiest motherfucking chair i swear to god <laughs> Sorry. I'm I'm in the good chair right now. Just my cat's fucking your, with me. Your good chair was good for the first two weeks. And then it just squeaked <laughs> amplified. I'm just fine. Um, but I feel like as simple as as a kid, imagine if that person heard a hundred times more stories or saw a hundred mm-hmm. more things or whatever. There's something about I don't know, like, when you hear this, a certain amount of stories for each person, who the fuck knows what that number is. But I think um, hearing enough stories changes what you're capable of imagining. Like, the idea of a Christian stuck being a Christian is only because they can't imagine what it's like to for someone else to have an idea of a different god. Or... Mm-hmm. The idea of a Republican being stuck a Republican is they can't put themselves in the shoe of a 
woman having an abortion or whatever. There, there's something like they haven't heard enough stories yet. Or in general, like our goal should be story acquire. Acquiring? Acquirel? Acquirel. I don't know. Like, <laughs> but with with imagination, I feel like there's a ver or um with anxiety, I feel like there's a version of imagination where just like it, it can be caused by imagining too many bad world possibilities. Mm-hmm. There's a version of re storytelling in into better outcomes too and i will say the only thing one of the only thing that helps me with anxiety as i like physically because some of it is just like depression uh, i was being a little devil devil's advocate some of it can't just be chemical and way more out of our control than we'd like it to be but right. the two things that help me is i do heart hugs and i smoke <laughs> heart hugs heart hugs dude i swear I swear this helps. Are those those little juice uh, barrel things? <laughs> no, when you're <laughs> when you're having the rabbit's feet mm-hmm. pounding, you literally y- using one or both hands hug your fucking heart like hard, like to physically keep it from beating as fast. Like just pushing into your chest and like holding your heart and it, keeping it some pressure condensed so your valves aren't pumping as hard. I swear mm-hmm. to God, slowing down your blood pressure helps because there's a like a positive feedback loop. As soon as your heart's going faster, it feeds into the anxiety and vice versa. Or mm-hmm. if you can actually slow down your heart, it chills out the anxiety a bit too. So is that real? Are you are you actually slowing down your heart by doing that, or is that a, an, an effect of like I don't know? I think it's maybe focusing a thing because I I, I, I feel know. like that's like when they tell you like oh you can stop hiccups by like holding your breath, and it's not that you're you're holding your breath is what's stopping Changing the hiccups. Brain it's that pathway. it's that yeah you are focusing on holding your breath or you're focusing on you know touching the tip of your finger to your nose or something goofy like that. But there is a weird mix where like holding your breath with hiccups sometimes hiccups are caused by overstimulation of those nerves and muscles mm-hmm. like with smoking it tends to trigger like too much nicotine can trigger hiccups because you're mm-hmm. getting your it's stimulating those neurons or whatever too much and your your body spasms to try to expel this um like foreign body yeah. where I, where i feel like with your heart like if you're putting a ton of pressure like like literally taking your breast like half your chest where your heart is Mm -hmm. and just squeezing it with both hands it might be very minimal but i'd imagine you're you're reducing a slight percentage in blood flow try it yeah i will try it right now (laughs) try it right now just just stop my heart i'm at a i'm at a calm resting place as it is what is it the indiana jones (laughs) that's dragon ball z yeah i was gonna say i don't think i don't think indiana jones was busting out kamehameha waves tommy tommy ha that heart right (laughs) i i feel like it's a thing but if i do that while smoking I'm good. Yeah, I, I I feel like that's like a that's got to just be a focus thing. There's no way that just pressing down on your chest on your heart. I actually and, and through the ribs and everything else. I can't 
you don't picture have to, that. But think about if you're putting even like your wrist. Maybe if uh, you were like forcing yourself against the wall and you had like a weight at your back and you were like physically crushing yourself a little bit. I'm calling maybe. it 75% mental. But if you just think of your <laughs> if you think of your wrist, right? Like your if you have your hand out and you put two fingers around your wrist, that slight amount of pressure, realist they I think they measure blood flow. It's like in what is it? Reduced affections or whatever. Like you have blood flow percentages of one through a hundred or whatever, and then you have uh, the hypertension, dystolic, systolic shit. Like if you put your fingers around your wrist, you're affecting blood flow. It might only be by like two to five percent, but if you're if you're just putting a bunch of pressure on your chest, I bet you're affecting blood flow by a couple points. Maybe a little bit, yeah. And I feel like even if it's it's just that small amount changing that physically, I don't think it necessarily changes the mental right away, but it like cut, I think it helps cut or slow the positive feedback loop of my chest is beating faster, so now I feel more anxious, so now my chest is beating faster. There's something like if you can just interrupt it somewhere, mm-hmm. I, it just seems to help a lot. You know, whatever works. If it works, it works. Something. If you drink from the other side of a cup, <laughs> that's how you make your heart slow down. What? That's that's how you get rid of hiccups. Oh, that's fine. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's one of the one of the proposed things. If you you drink your water upside down or like from the other side of the cup. <laughs> Dude, I fucking love nicotine hiccups. That's <laughs> the morphine itch and the nicotine hiccups. I'm a happy little bear. <laughs> <laughs> just laying in bed gulping and, and scratching just exactly <laughs> like a real fiend <laughs> no you're doing something right <laughs> so people will tell you and the war world I can't talk sucks and we're going to go to war with another podcast huh mm, yeah I'd like to point out <laughs> I thought this was funny in retrospect. We never, we talked about all the things we had to figure out before waging the war. And we're we're on the eve. This is the calm. And we still have not evaluated our risk factors at all. (laughs) (laughs) Which I thought was very funny listening back to the episode. You know, is that, you know, maybe we just, um, you know, (laughs) <laughs> maybe we just keep maybe we just roll with that. Well, I'll give two little Easter eggs. Uh, I we're not gonna say the name yet, but one of the podcasts we picked, we did play a bit of. We ended up picking one of the ones we were checking out after doing a deep dive. <laughs> and in that deep dive, I don't know if you've connected these mental dots yet, but I've been thinking about it since I wrote uh this crazy ass intro. Uh, the person we're picking on, granted, they do just so happen to live on the other side of the country, but they are armed. Oh, yeah. They like bragging about their weaponry, and they also believe in biblical violence. Yeah, so, they, they have, believe in biblical violence. And you can sum up from all of those things, 
probably have some inferiority issues or yeah. some some issues that might make them act uh, irrationally. So <laughs> I'm just pointing out we could get murdered. It could get man. How great would that be for the podcast? Though? It would. It would really take us to the next level. <laughs> <laughs> Whoever doesn't die would be doing moderately well with the oh, podcast man. after that. TV shows, fucking radio shit. <laughs> we'll be everywhere. We'd probably get one, a- one of us. One of us will be everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I. I really can't imagine. I really. I think the biggest risk is just. Um, Potentially losing our podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I was thinking about that. Then we what have kind to- of what kind of podcast are you doing if you don't get a, get yeah. banned just a little bit, just a little bit banned, oh, just a little get, get get a couple episodes taken down. You know, those are the banned <laughs> episodes, and then we release those on a Patreon behind a paywall. We can't afford to. This do is that. the long. This is the long game. It. W- but getting independent hosts, like we would honestly, here, here's, here's the truth though. If we were to get banned off, really, it, it, if it was more than one platform or our our host dropped us, we would probably still do what we're doing. We would probably find independent hosting and find a way to keep doing it. But it would mean. We could never get bigger than we are, and we almost for sure would slowly lose mm-hmm. our listeners. Well, I'm just, I'm just, I'm not, I don't really give a shit. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, I, we, I we could do, always, but I don't, but I, I don't, I'm saying that is just a, a realistic potential risk that we never talked about. You know, I think what we would be giving up in that situation is less that we're giving up the podcast. We may be giving up the RSS feed. Worst case scenario, we have yeah. to take everything down. But but if we wanted to continue releasing something, we, we just put it in a Dropbox and then have, you know, we just got to go download a MP3 it's file. by email address. Yeah, just, yeah, we send it out. Group email the <laughs> podcast out. <laughs> Five people everywhere. <laughs> oh, fucking Dude, that's mess, dope message us on Instagram to join the the, the podcast. That's like some, that's like some punk rock zines shit. Like, email us and we'll uh, send you a a Gmail MP3 file. I'll Jesus send you a JPEG of my cat sometimes. That's so funny. And that's dude. what you get. That's included. That's so fucking funny. But truly, I am hyped about having this as our side project because this content is amazing. The, the, <laughs> these are some wacky pieces of shit, and it's going to be really fun to fuck with them. I, I, we're going to build up some ammo initially, and cover a decent amount of stuff but at some point we're gonna go straight to them i i'm looking forward to emailing them an actual declaration of war because i think that will be like when we finally talk directly to them after doing a bunch of episodes oh that's that's gonna be the chef's kiss (laughs) dude how imagine typing up the declaration of war to them to them, yeah. Maybe they would 
doulas or we could do in an interview oh man come meet me out in the streets of detroit that'd be so fun dude i'm so excited go go meet on six mile in the hood (laughs) (laughs) oh fuck like fucking nobody there has my back (laughs) not a single person knows who i am out there Fucking! I mean, if I tell if I tell people, hey, he's from I don't know what is that like California or some shit. He's from some other state. He's from some other state. They'll at least have my back a little bit more. (laughs) State pride. (laughs) Yeah, dude, Michigan has that shit. (laughs) God, what a wacky land. It is. uh, It is um, a real. Speaking of land. Do you want to talk yeah. about I, I'm just free-flowing right now. Do you want to talk about immigration? <laughs> <laughs> Not in particular, no. <laughs> Why? Uh, my, my mind state is my head. My head's not there. It's okay. I gotcha. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take it from here. <laughs> I don't understand in general people who are like America, fuck yeah, or just love their country. But here's the part I... <laughs> love their state or give a fuck about their city or pay Mm -hmm. taxes don't understand it you'll get it (laughs) but here's the part i never like have you seen the the buoys on i think it's new mexico they have the barbed wire on them now yeah yeah like shit like that why do people feel entitled to a random place they're born i just don't (laughs) understand like it's you did nothing to be born anywhere. Like, yeah. and why, and it's the same way. If I want to go to another country halfway across the world and I get on my bicycle and I pedal across the ocean and I get to their border and they're like, no, you don't have a passport. You're not a resident here. You can't come in. I'd be like, fuck you. I'm going to go wherever I want. I don't yeah. understand how anyone feels like, what is the idea of borders? It's like medieval. Yeah. Like, why are we like, let's protect? What, what is the worry that people flood in and it slums and then it just. We it's never, already slums. <laughs> or like, why can't we figure we we rely on immigration to do the vast portion of our farming and uh, construction. and Yeah, just. Like, we rely on it. There's an issue yeah. with if we immigration gets too low, we can't farm food. I don't, I don't understand the fear of, I don't know, letting people choose where they go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is my land. My, my parents somehow ended up here, and now this is mine. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I like that the argument is just like, you know, it's become what it's what it's turned into. The, the thing that everyone brings up when they talk about immigration always seems to be, oh, they're bringing drugs up here. And it's like not every person coming up from Mexico is bringing. It's every drugs. other. <laughs> yeah, it's every. Yeah. It's only half of them. It's they, interesting because that really is a fable directly that trump trump spun up and he did mm. it well but it's so interesting every th- th- when you think of cartels 
right? And mm-hmm. every once in a while, they murder a village in Mexico. They're doing all this evil shit. And in your brain, you may occasionally picture them with a 50 cal rifle in like a Jeep, right? That's like car- typical cartel imagery, right? The 50 cal. Yeah. They don't manufacture 50 cows in Mexico. Exactly. <laughs> they get them from us. Yeah, they get them from us. Along with we, it's all supply of their and guns. demand. <laughs> all of their guns come from us. Yeah. And it, it, we've chosen this drug and gun trade, and it's it's so goofy. Like, it, the yeah. whole st- – drugs don't even come across the border. It's like 5%. It all comes through UPS. You can send shit in the mail yeah. <laughs> without having to touch it. Like, no one – a percentage definitely comes across, but these cartels aren't just smuggling it by hand over. Like, yeah, this they're shit not is send, send, sending some dude with a box. <laughs> I mean, they do, but it's not – the goal is to get as much across in as many ways as possible, but they're yeah. not relying on the dude packing his car and making 10 trips a year. Like, it, it's just – it's – it's all storytelling. Yeah. Like, th- I feel like immigration, especially, is just an excellent example of people buying into stupid stories because they yeah. didn't imagine enough other ways the world could be or other reasons a person may choose to go a place or what it would be like to have to go. It's just so stupid. It's silly. Did you ever see the... Um the smuggling thing where it was like is a bunch of it looks like a bunch of boards and they like break the boards open and there's a bunch mm-hmm. of cigarettes inside mm-hmm. and all like i feel like the story was like this was like coming from mexico or something like that but they were like marlboros in there yeah and it is like i can see that happening more for sure with like canada Cause I, you know, like that's some trailer park boy shit. Like that's exactly the, the markup there is like twice what you're paying here for sure. I mean, everything gets smuggled everywhere though. It's just, I understand a country, right? Like you have a country and even if the goal is just to protect your own people and, oh, we don't want to let too many outsiders in, but I don't understand the idea of why why would the likelihood of violence from other places be at a higher rate than your own residents? Because yeah. every study that's ever been done on people that migrate in mass to a new location, it's almost always lower crime rates because they're trying to go for it. It's like air pressure, right? Mm-hmm. Like low vacuum shit space. Like everyone's going from a place of high pressure to low pressure. Yeah. And yeah, there's always going to be some shitty people that make a couple bad stories, but in general, people are fleeing or going to places to have an easier or better life. And those right. are the type of people that they make things better. It's, I, I think the the funnier part, I guess it's not funny, but the, the part that sticks out is like- It's all funny games. The, the, <laughs> the, the part that sticks out is like, 
all these people are trying to come over here. We have to make it harder for them to come over here. It's like, okay, no, no. What, what, you, what are you mad about them coming over here? If you, what the thing is, if you're mad about them, like what, not paying taxes? Well, then let's make it easier for them to, you know, get citizenship and pay taxes. Make it, make that an easier process. Yo, this dude just walked ten thousand miles through a desert. You think he's scared of a buoy? Yeah, <laughs> it's got spikes. Oh, back home. <laughs> that you like, you think he's scared of doing a little bit of work and like paying taxes? Yeah, it's like these. Oh man, I just yeah, it's it's such a weird world. Like it, it it's whoever tells the best story win. Whoever is the best storyteller in the podcast realm is going to be the best podcaster, right? Whoever is the best at telling stories in politics, becomes the king or president or little fascist tiny dictator, man. Like, whoever's the... It's all... It's all... Even might I mean, makes propaganda. right. propaganda. What? It's propaganda. That's how you do it. But it's... It, even if it's hot bullshit, you just put the idea out there and then people start to, like... They but hear it once or twice, and they're like, "Oh, is that is that a thing? How come no one's talking about this?" But propaganda implies deception, and I don't think all storytelling. Like, I, granted, there is a ton of deception or whatever, right? I mean, stretching but, the truth at all is deception. Taking it, taking it, what could always, be there might depends. be a a little bit of a fact in a in a thing. There might be one thing that happened. And you say, like, look at this. It's it's. This is crazy that people are just getting away with this left and right. And like you elaborate on it, elaborate on it. And then if that's – if you spread that a few times, if you have a good platform and you spread that a few times, then people are going to be like, hey, it seems like it's happening. I keep hearing about it. It keeps showing up in my, my fucking YouTube algorithm or I keep seeing, seeing it on the news. They keep talking about it, this this one – this thing that happened. And they're saying that it, it could happen again somewhere else. And well, that's look, all it takes. If – being the president of the United States, let's say even playing field, which of course isn't a real thing, but let's say it's metoc isn't isn't metocracy? I'm saying it wrong. Uh, everything's judged on merit. Meritocracy. Yeah, meritocracy. Yeah. <clears throat> I hate Trump. Right. I would be yeah. happy to have horses drag him through New York. Right. Mm -hmm. But. This is devil's advocate. This is just playing some goofs. If he, I guess it's not just him, because, right, we have millions of people in media. Yeah. But if their shit side of the argument can tell a better story that convinces more people to vote for him, which, granted, he never has done, lost the popular vote. I mean that's that's what it's all about. That's been his. Oh yeah, that's the game. I'm, I'm not denying that by any means. That is the game of politics, and that sucks. But uh, it sucks. But also, people we tend to agree with suck at it. We there are so many bad storytellers that think purely because of the idea or belief they had that that is merit enough. To not try to tell better stories. I think there is a I, I hear what you're saying. I think there is a moral piece of that where I use moral is pretty strongly here. But where by engaging in that activity, 
would make them people that we agree with less. No, because you are, you're using the connotation. Sorry, I'm moving because my cat's being bad. You're using the connotation of propaganda where it's deceptive. But why the fuck can't honest stories still out merit deceptive ones? And I would argue it's not because the story isn't as compelling, but it's because the the storytelling craft, the imagination, is not there. I would argue that it is. there is a, an element of it not being as compelling, especially when it comes to, like, when you have a whole party of people that, I guess not a whole we, party, but a lot of specific. a party that believes in, like, conspiracy yes. theory shit, where it's like, yeah, there are lizard people sucks and shit. It. Our side sucks at telling why their story is bad and why a better story can be more compelling. Like, when you hear all these conspiracy people, part of it is they can put out so much bullshit, it's hard to ever keep up. That That's like yeah. a, a logistics factor. But also, we don't have as nearly as many people telling the story of why they're wrong, why there's better answers, why we should trust in some establishments to some degree. Why trust the, the lizard people. Sure. Become the lizard people. Or like... I mean, a real example would be maybe in a global pandemic, we maybe trust our health institutions to some degree, right? Mm-hmm. The The people that tell the story of why we shouldn't are doing it way, way better because they're passionate than the people telling why they're wrong. I think that's to our detriment. It's both like... It is, but I mean, there there is an argue, uh, you know, something to be said about arguing with a brick wall of where if you have someone who's going off the deep end to believe crazy shit, there's only so much you can throw at them when it comes to facts. You can throw facts at them, but if they're in the mindset of, I'm going to question this because I heard this other thing, and of course you're telling me that because you don't want me to believe the other thing because they said you wouldn't want me to believe the other thing. I'm going to, of course, of course, believe, uh, agree with you overall. But think about how many people, such as ourselves, that maybe have what would fall under more progressive thoughts or more mm-hmm. radical in some aspects. But we don't also don't just follow. Like I don't think of myself as a Democrat. We don't just follow yeah. every like left thing or policy like but think of how many people that maybe agree with more of the things we do that when faced with the conspiracy theory or the the bad story the the shitty policy whatever the per the racist person on the street whatever the fuck it is the answer is like no they're stupid I don't need to talk to them. I don't need to tell the story of why they're wrong. I don't need to to fight for this mm-hmm. idea. They're dumb and I'm right. And, and granted, I'm actually, I've done that a lot. Yeah. And part of like doing this podcast is trying not, or like learning how not to do that, whatever. But yeah. like I hate people and just know they're wrong all the time. I, I have this problem myself, yeah. right? 
but to I the think- point where sometimes it doesn't. You feel like it doesn't bear the necessity of. Sure. Proving them wrong because it's like, obviously they're wrong. They're fucking idiots. But I listen to so much fucking Republican talk radio because I want to know why they're wrong. I want to have, like, as as shitty as I am for it sometimes, I enjoy fighting with people and having mm-hmm. those conversations. And I think a lot of people that think s- more similarly or similar to us mm-hmm. don't want to do that. Don't yeah. want to have the a better story they just want to say the other person's wrong which is shitty you got to get out there and tell these stories steven i know i'm a little yarn spinner i mean that's that really is what doing this is we're just telling shitty stories that are hopefully slightly better than other people's shitty stories (laughs) (laughs) That's that's how you build an audience i like stories though it's the only way I can sleep is if somebody's telling me a story. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> no, it's the fucking same. Um, speaking of stories, I got a story for you with a character you haven't heard of and uh, haven't heard from in probably eight years. Okay. Um, do you remember Kim Davis? Uh, the she was familiar. She was a, a clerk in some somewhere in Kentucky, and she refused to do her job to issue marriage licenses yeah, to yeah, same-sex yeah. people. Yeah, I'm very familiar. I just Yeah. I thought you were talking about someone we knew. No, no, no. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm familiar. Yeah, she so, she worked at the clerk's office and she just straight up refused and then the law the court cases came in. I don't think she, she did get prison time in the end didn't she but initially um, kentucky was not going to do anything about it i don't know if she got the prison time oh she got a uh, contempt of court um for five days um charged but she was facing longer time i believe um maybe i think what they've what they finally have settled on is that she's been ordered to pay a hundred thousand dollars to one of the couples that she decided uh, denied a marriage license to that's honestly Gut reaction. That sounds like bullshit. Like that sounds like that sounds like revenge politics. Like how does that even make sense? Because she uh, didn't do her job, and, and that cost and the, the couple one hundred thousand dollars that she personally has to spend years of her life having to pay. Uh, the damages from the media and the uh, court costs, and I guess all the other shit is what it, it's been added up to. It's that it's sounds damages. Is that from a civil suit or a uh, criminal, like the a court civil suit? Okay, I can maybe understand that with the civil suit, but the, I mean that sounds whack as fuck, right? Where like, if she committed a crime, give her whatever jail time, whatever court fines, but you personally owe the couple money. That just seems like that's like almost like the Texas abortion bounties, mm-hmm. like. I don't like when the criminal justice system goes at it from that personal victim target angle. Like, if the state's doing it, it shouldn't be between the the people. But if it's a civil suit, that I mean, that can make sense. Yeah. the The argument obviously was that uh, because of her religious beliefs, that yeah. uh, she would not um, issue the marriage certificates. And um, the 
Oh, man. ruled that uh, Davis cannot use her own constitutional rights as a shield to violate the constitutional rights of others while performing her duties as an elected official. Dude, I... You want to hear the hot take? <laughs> yeah, give me the hot take, Stephen. Fuck this person, right? She's a piece yeah, of shit. absolutely. <clears throat> now, I'm kind of split because if, if, if your job says you have to do it, yeah. Then, and you work for the state, mm-hmm. then you have- In an elected position. Then, then you should have to do it, right? Yeah. Now, let's say it's any other job. Mm-hmm. I think if a person do, like discriminates, let's say it's race, sexuality, whatever, and they're like, uh, you go in to get a service, and they're like, no, I don't like your kind- yeah. I think for, on a personal level, I feel like they deserve violence, right? That's how I feel. Realistically, I don't, I really don't see how we can compel people to have to do something they don't want to do. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I mean, that's like there was the, um, <clears throat> the, the cake, the cake, the cake decorator thing yeah. that, um, you know, she refused service to a gay couple to make their their wedding cake, and I mean there there is a lot of hot issues about it, and obviously that person sucked. But if if it's their own business, then you know they they, they as a business you can refuse the right to serve. You know, or you can use your right to re- re- refuse service to anyone. Like that's you you're allowed to do that for whatever. But, but you're not on the basis of protected classes and that's where that case got really complicated because you couldn't just straight up refuse all people of a certain race at your business like the protected classes you do have to honor and that that's where the cake stuff got really complicated and is that actually a thing that you you have to yes you can't have a store and say i'm not going to serve women here like even like a sec like sex segregated clubs have had problems like if you wanted to open a business just for women or just for men there are ways to do it but it has become more complicated than it used Mm -hmm. to because you it's for the same reason you can't just be racist and not allow those people to a different people to come to your establishment right Mm -hmm. So, so there is like if you're working for the state, you clearly can't do that, and that's right for the why state, she lost. Yeah. But like certain private businesses can refuse to do specific things that break their religious freedoms to express their religion. Like if you're Christian and you don't want to make uh, what in their mind is a blasphemous cake, I don't think anyone should be able to force you to do that. Mm-hmm. But but if you were, if if they didn't want to make the cake because the person is black, then that would be illegal. Yeah. So so it's there's a lot of competing things because you have, uh, like private business rights, uh, protected classes, freedom of religion, freedom of speech. It is like actually a nexus of very complicated things to figure out. But in general, I tend to always air towards like France. I want to talk about it on our, our next after our war 
declaration. We have another idea we've been playing with that I'm I'm very excited for, but it, it in part ties in um, France in France. In, I don't know if it's the whole country, but a certain public school thing uh, started to ban hijabs. Oh yeah, I did see that because they want Muslim used to be uh, in in their mind encouraged to integrate better. That long term, it will encourage assimilation better, so that there are. It's so complicated, but in theory, when people assimilate earlier, there's less there's less violence for both sides, and people get along better when they're forced to. Mix in the melting pot. That's yeah, yeah. The, their story, right? Of how they want this to work. When we eventually all intermingle and we're just a, a single tone of uh, beige. Sure. Yeah. But, um, and as much as I hate the Muslim religion, I still think people, part of being truly free is being able to wear or not wear whatever the fuck you want. And yeah. I don't think you should... You know, like, if you're trying to win hearts and minds, you can't do it through force. Yeah, exactly. I understand. And unfortunately, though, long term, it could work out more beneficial than it is harmful. Like, if we're talking strictly from a policy perspective, if we fast forward 50 years, you might have helped more people peacefully mingle, right, than there were negative outcomes, mm -hmm. but I still think it's wrong to do that by force. And that's just so fucking hard. Like those yeah. are really hard questions. I think they made the wrong decision in France, banning the hot jobs, but it's not easy. I mean, yeah, because they're, they're struggling yeah. with, you know, a clashes of culture, especially such a terrible, terrible, inherently violent religion <laughs> yeah just you know just ban religion let's just oh it, this can be our last point if we want unless you got any, anything you want to go into but i was thinking of um why how to make <laughs> all right i'll preface i had the conversation <laughs> i had this conversation with a buddy of mine and we were talking about religion should it be allowed or not allowed how do we handle that and i i was saying to myself if I had the two choices, I have choice A and choice B. <laughs> choice A is everything stays exactly the same. People have freedom of their religion, blah, 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 whatever. Mm -hmm. Things stay the same. Or B, we murder all the Christians. And after that, no one is allowed to believe that ever again. I am so tempted <laughs> to, take, to take B, despite knowing I would lose f your family, family member. <laughs> yeah, dude. But that that is like big picture idea stuff. Having to choose between my family and <laughs> you're, you're literally giving yeah. get, being uh, given the power of the the Thanos snap. Yeah, those are that would be the hardest decision ever. Yeah, because it in theory it's the thing I people i love and the thing things i hate right yeah now the conversation de devolves into how to criminalize religion right because i mm -hmm. don't i don't like how the communists did the, the like their religion became atheism right yeah. we have 
we love the state and atheism is everything. We're going to give classes about state authoritarian atheism. That shit. That's bad. Clearly. Yeah. So the question is, how do you let people believe what they want, but make it so that they are not allowed to try to spread their diseased mind, mm-hmm. the little faith disease to others. So here, here's my idea. Okay. <laughs> I've been thinking about this for a while, but I think I kindly, kind of got it roughed out. Yeah. We create a new type of law or policy around the concept of faith and in specific psychic assault. Okay. This is not like regular physical assault. This is mental assault and battery. So Mm -hmm. religious laws should be, in my opinion, you can believe whatever dumb bullshit you want, right? Mm -hmm. I, I believe lots of weird things. Everyone else should be allowed to. I may think they're God's stupid as fuck, but by God, they should be allowed to believe in it as much as I will hate them for it. People can believe what they want. People can say they believe whatever they want. You could go to school as a kid and say you believe in your your spaghetti monster, your mm-hmm. sky daddy, your uh, dark Charizard, dragon lord, whatever the fuck. Mm-hmm. But... As soon as you go from saying what you believe to coercion, Mm -hmm. to attempting to manipulate what someone else believes, whether it's indoctrination, manipulation, coercion, things such as forcing kids to go through a religion class or... Uh, Instructing religion at all without the preface of... This is none of this is proven to be true or accurate or scientifically provable. Yeah, like if this you were all this is all a faith based to the point uh, instruction to the point if you were a parent and your kid, your lovely Christian dumbass family, and uh, your kid has a friend over for a play date, and you start telling them they're a sinner and they need to change their way, that should be considered psychic abuse. Yeah. I agree with that. I think there is legitimately a way to make a case for, and it would have to be like, it couldn't be too, like, it would have to be like strong, like hard lines. Because, yeah. you know, you can't take away people being able to express what they personally believe and maybe what they even hope you would believe. But as soon as it is, indoctrination or oppressing on you to a certain extent i think that is psychic assault and chargeable as the highest felony if not <laughs> it's worse <than> murder. <laughs> i feel like there's something there i you know what i you, you it it started off in a way where i wasn't exactly sure where you're gonna go with it but i i do believe you're right you have something there the idea of it being an unwarranted, especially an unwarranted, um, but also a, like you said, a, a coercion, a pursuit to affect the beliefs of someone else. With I, I, I think the main thing, like you can get into like 
a you know a Bible studies course or something like that's fine. But, but without without the preface of saying that like this is from this is from a book that is not a scientific. This is not a provable that you know even- work of art. This is a. This is a literally. This is a piece of art that we that you, you some people study you, and believe you can't in. do it that way. If a, if a church wants to host a Bible study group, you can't force them to acknowledge that the things they actually believe aren't true. Like that, that would be impossible. They can't give those prefaces like, "Hey, the things we do actually believe just aren't true at all, right? So the, mm. the the lines would have to be hard, right? If somebody signs up for a biblical studies class or goes to church, that's fine. But for so example, hear me out. Yeah. For example, somebody knocks on your door, what isn't the Protestants, whatever, Mormons uh, do it too. Yeah. That shit if you messes. say if you say don't come to my door again, or they put flyers on your car, and you you call the number and say don't put a flyer on my fucking car again, don't show up my my house trying to tell. If they show up a second time, that's assault. Even if you can't stop a lot of freedom of expression shit, like you sign up to go to a Bible study class, you choose to go to the church, that's all fine. But as soon as they are breaking a clear set boundary where you do not want them to push an idea at your mind. Soon as they break that boundary, I think then it's assault. So here's here's the question. What what about families that want to send their kids to a private school where they teach in my mind, that's child abuse. But yes, so how do you enforce that? I don't. Such? I don't think you can, because I, I do truly think people do have the right to teach their kids what they want. Like as much as yeah, as much as I disagree with it and wish I could find the perfect policy to make that illegal, I don't think you can, yeah. I, unless there was some sort of way. Where maybe those acknowledgments you mentioned earlier were like, this is a person's beliefs, but we can't prove scientifically X, Y, and Z. And that's done from a state schooling level. It's a, I don't that's think the thing. It's a state that. school, but a private school. I mean, that's why that's well, the religious. Well, they would have to have man. Every private school has to keep with mandates of their public schools, even today. Mm. Like they, they have to meet the. Uh, certain education criteria by the state of Ohio, the city, whatever. So there could be ways where at the start of every school year, you know, there has to be some class or presentation that the kids are at least giving, given the dissenting opinion that, hey, you know, your parents chose to take you here, but you need to also hear this once a year. Or whatever. Yeah, I could see that. I think that might be a stretch, but I. But I you think- still have to do the pledge of allegiance every day. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I have. Oh man! That gets start. you all wound up. <laughs> it gets you wound up right before we head out. <laughs> but I think even like just making those basic religious transgressions classifiable as assault has a pretty big social impact on a country like that that would have a lot of downstream effects 
If you couldn't go door to door pushing your religion, as soon as people, maybe you're allowed to do it, but as soon as you could say, hey, do you want to talk about our Lord and Savior? But as soon as someone says no, then you would be breaking the law to continue. Yeah. I think that changes a lot of things downstream on a, when you're talking about millions and millions of people. Just a little idea. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to, um, <clears throat> I have a, a little document. I'm trying to form my perfect society. <laughs> well, you know, I wish you the best trash of luck land. with that, Stephen. It'll be wonderfully trashy. And we can we'll all, all live in uh, the, the great dumpster. We'll all eat the best berries, snort <laughs> the finest of heroin, and have sex and not go to work. <laughs> I mean that sounds that sounds like a like a win for me. Live off our art. We'll and anyone who d- who anyone who disagrees with that that lifestyle, well, they'll get raptured, and we won't have to worry about them. Fuck him. Thanks again for listening, everybody. Yep. Thank you to Approaching Human for the use of his music. You can find his work on SoundCloud at Approaching Human. Thanks, John. We need some uh, war music. Oh yeah, get that uh, get that jazzed up by next week for us. <laughs> yeah, that, that'd be real great if you could have some perfect war music to uh, you know just on my desk by Monday. Yeah, to duel Christians, that'd be wonderful. Be thanks. Cool. <laughs> uh, thanks. Uh, make sure to check out the show page at Trash Cats Trashcast on Instagram for news and art from the show. Check out Facebook for the memes. Yeah, you better check it out now before we are Duns Arena before and- we get canceled. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, appreciate you guys. Uh, yeah, thank you. Hope you guys have a good night. Um, are you going to say your part? Nah. <laughs> That's going to be all for us today. Stay classy, eat trashy. Go fast, eat trash.